Warning! This story isn't for the faint of heart. If you want your 90s childhood memories preserved in a positive, cheerful light, I highly suggest you turn back now. As a child. I'm sorry, Giles. Why didn't you feed the hounds? The fire run! Farms seem like such pleasant places in paintings and pictures, and maybe even some Amish documentary. But what if they aren't? What if behind barn doors? A man is so dark and terrifying is waiting for you, and they won't let you leave once you fall into their trap. Welcome to Nightmares as a Child, a mini-sode series where I hack and slash my way into the deep, dark past of my 90s Nick mind. I'm Brett, and today we'll be recounting a most strange and dreadful tale, one about two farmers from two different worlds uniting under one deadly mission, to destroy me. And now, on to the story. Growing up in the countryside, I thought nothing scary about farms. I've only visited them during the daytime, and typically life was pretty quaint there. You've got horses, cats sleeping in hay bales, and of course a garden full of fresh produce to harvest for dinner. Back in the mid-90s, my Uncle Keith owned a farm with his wife Stacy, and I enjoyed visiting them while my father and his brother caught up with each other's lives. However, not everything seemed cheerful on their property. I remember one of the days I had visited my relative's house before it was renovated. They had bought the property on the cheap due to being in an area in the next town over that wasn't fully developed yet. I remember going over to their house for a housewarming party of sorts, where my Aunt Kim, Uncle Jeremy, and maybe a couple of my Uncle Keith's friends congregated in their kitchen. For some reason, I felt too shy to venture in there with all the adults, so instead I hung out near the front door, figuring out what to do. I remember seeing this dark slatted door on the right side of the hallway, practically behind the front door with a black iron lock. I had noticed it was unlocked that particular day we visited. I slowly peeled back the latch, clicked down the lever with my thumb, and creaked the door open. I stared right inside, where I saw a spiral wooden staircase leading up to the second floor. There were no light switches, and it was covered in gray dust with a few cobwebs. I don't know why, but I felt something magnetize me towards that stairwell. I took a step, then another, to look up. I couldn't see a darn thing. It's all pitch black. Before I could take a third step, my mother grabbed me and pulled me away straight into the living room while my dad locked the door back up with a padlock at once. Uncle Keith sauntered into the hallway. He looked down at me with a towering disposition and said plainly, You don't want to go in there, bud. I haven't even had the chance to go up there myself and fix it up. Who knows what was left behind by previous owners. Something about the way he spoke those words to me just filled my wide, innocent eyes with dread. Just what was up there anyways? Was there old, rusty farm tools? 
boxes of old papers and trunks of old clothing? Or even dead bodies left by the previous homeowners? It was like a thorn stuck in my mind all day. The memory of that day hadn't bothered me that much as time passed by. But what did were the TV shows that reignited those dark, mysterious thoughts. Jump to a couple of months later. I was watching Are You Afraid of the Dark on SNCC, because that's the only time one should be watching Are You Afraid of the Dark, and an episode called The Tale of the Hungry Hounds aired that night. Keep in mind this was circa 1995 to 1996, so I had no way of conversing on social media or even the internet back then as an elementary school student who was watching these episodes with fresh eyes. Nothing about it particularly spooked me for at least half the episode. In fact, I thought the porthole to another nocturnal world was a fun fantasy. However, once Pam and Amy began reading headstones at Pam's family plot, the camera swish pans to a character who would make my eyes widen and blood curdle. Enter Giles the farmhand, a pale man who apparently died from either having a heart attack or being devoured by a pack of hungry farmhounds. The bad writing doesn't make it clear exactly. It wasn't his demise that spooked me though. It was his demeanor. He seemed crazed in a playful kind of way. Once he lurched at Amy and Pam for not feeding the hounds, I was sure he would chase the girls right into the barn, lock them up, and force them to die a similar fate he had fallen to. As a kid, this idea of a maniac farm worker ordering ghost dogs to eat children was ripe for my feeble imagination to be pulled into the black hole of nightmares. The episode ended, and all I could think about was the weathered farmhand etching his white silhouette into my retinas. You should have fed them while they were alive, is what I remember him saying more than anything. It sent shivers down my spine hearing his off-kilter, modulated voice echo into the night. That night, I dreamt I was out in the tool shed gathering a saw, hammer, and other small ordinary tools my dad needed to build something for a hobby. My dad is an architect and a residential builder by trade, but he occasionally repairs things and does hobby things too, build furniture or woodworking related products. As I was exiting the tool shed, I saw Giles standing not two feet away from me. He had a stern look on his face and he looked down at me leering. Where do you think you're going? I was stunned. My skin completely flushed. I tried to open my mouth to tell him I'm helping my dad build furniture, but nothing came out but a dry stutter, as if my vocal cords failed to work like a car struggling to start its engine. Giles grabbed the tools from my hands, then shouted at me, If you can't finish your chores or feed the hounds, then you must be punished. Immediately, he shoves me back into the small tool shed, slams the door shut, and locks it. I bang on the door, screaming as hard as I could, the door swaying in and out, with the padlock keeping their range of motion limited. No one replied. Not my dad. Not my mom. Not even Giles. I grabbed the hammer and tried slamming the door open. Not enough force. I tried a crowbar, but the crack wasn't big enough to fit it through. Then, I heard a raspy, quivering voice from behind the shed. Here, let me help. Just then, a chainsaw revved up and cut a long rectangular hole in the back of the shed. 
At last, I was saved! Or so I thought. The person who cut the hole wasn't my father. It wasn't my Uncle Keith either. And it definitely wasn't any relative I could recognize. It was a pale, old, wrinkly man with an equally stern look on his face, wearing dark, muddy overalls. I barely uttered, who, who, who are you? But he refused to respond. He replied in a dry, raspy voice, stammering as moths fluttered out of his cracked mouth. Oh, I, I'm here to help you. He raised his chainsaw and revved it once more. Ah! I was awake. It was 7.30 a.m. on a fall Saturday morning. The sun was shining into my window, and the tool shed in the backyard was unlocked. I could see my father painting some table-looking thing with brown stain. I turned back and melted back into my bed. Oh, it was just a dream. I'm safe. Until that night. Because my teenage uncle at the time exposed me to Beavis and Butthead on MTV whenever he babysat me, there were times where I'd channel flip to see if it was on. On Sunday night, of all nights, a Halloween special is playing. Bungholio, Lord of the Harvest, also known as Budoween on the Timelight VHS tapes for those who are familiar with them. Right away, the title screen felt ominous and shocking to me because it was all black with this orange-red outlines of the typical title card of the two titular characters. Part of me wanted to change the channel and go back to my normal Nick programming, but another part froze at the sight of what's to come. Most of the episodes seemed like a blur to me. All I can recall is Beavis and Butthead trying to get candy on Halloween with their poor excuses for costumes. They were nacho cheese and gonads respectively. Ugh. The ending took a dark turn though, and I felt my pulse racing. The boys stumbled onto a farm that night where a creepy farmer was filling a reddish brown hole with a shovel. I knew right away he was just murdered by somebody and buried their body. Not good. Still, I couldn't look away. I was hypnotized by the crude, gruesome imagery. I recall the episode ending on a far darker note than I had ever expected. In the coming scenes, something happened to Beavis, where he was hung on a meat hook inside of a dimly lit barn. He was in pain. He was disoriented too. The barn door swung open to reveal the crazy pale farmer and his new assistant, a zombified butthead preparing to chainsaw the living daylights out of Beavis. The worst part, it was a first-person perspective shot on screen, so combined with my child's wild imagination, it felt like this farmer was going to kill me. Blood splattered all over the screen, and then darkness. The episode was over. I, I didn't know what to do after seeing that. I just stared blankly for a good few minutes at the screen, in shock of what I had just watched. I didn't want to go to bed at that moment, but I knew I had to, because I had to get up for school in the morning after all. I grabbed a throw blanket from my closet and rolled it under my sheets, as if it would somehow protect me from what would await me in my dreams. How on earth did I dream about this farmer character before even seeing this episode? Was it a premonition? A vision? According to the Wikipedia page, the same farmer was also in the cow tipping episode. So it is possible I had seen him once before at my Uncle Phil's on TV without me knowing it, but it definitely had some strange vibes that I just couldn't shake. 
Lo and behold, I was in a barn again in my dreams. This time at my Uncle Keith's. Everything looked gray and drained of color. Drained of life. I looked around and touched a mud puddle. Brownish red. It stuck to my fingers and thumb, unable to be washed out at the water pump. I creeped around the farm, looking for my family. Nowhere to be found. Not a soul. Only the sound of a distant wind blew into the, the low fog. I crept up to the front door. It was left ajar. I pushed it open with a single hand and it swung open. I called out once more to Uncle Keith and my family inside his house. No response. The attic door I was torn away from before was open here. Not wanting to enter completely unarmed, I grabbed a flashlight from the junk drawer of a lamp table in the living room, turned it on, and checked the batteries to be sure it'd work. I also grabbed a hot poker from a roaring fire in the living room. Clearly somebody was here, so I couldn't be too careful. Slowly, I turned and ascended the dark, dusty, wooden spiral staircase into the void. Upstairs was an empty, dusty floor. No furniture, no boxes, just a small square window emanating moonlight. And why was it night all of a sudden? I thought I was dreaming this during the day. When I turned around, pointing to me, I saw two farmers in the dark corners of the attic. Two men, two dead farmers, and they needed help on the farm. They waited in the darkness for me to react, but in their stillness, I froze. My mind was ready to impale them both with a red-hot poker, but I knew somehow it wouldn't do a thing. After all, you can't kill what's already dead. The farmers approached me slowly, creaking the boards and catapulting dust into the moonlight. Giles was holding a shovel, and the crazy farmer from Beavis and Butthead wielded the same chainsaw from before. All I can think of is, how on earth can I survive this encounter? I needed a way out. This was like bringing a knife to a gunfight. Outnumbered, outpowered. The crazy farmer began running at me, brandishing his chainsaw. I took a deep, dusty breath, then charged at the farmers, yelling. It was either them or me. With the hot poker, I gouged the animated one's mouth with a swift jab. He dropped his chainsaw, clasping his mouth <coughs> as it spurt blood. I tripped Giles with the poker still in hand after, sending him tumbling down the stairwell. And using the chainsaw, now off to the side, reverberating on the hollow boards, I gripped the handle with all my might and screamed and threw a sweeping slash at the animated farmer, cutting him in half. Blood spurted all over my shirt and his upper half lay in the moonlight, twitching and moaning the same dry whisper he had drawn me in with before. Giles was clawing his way back up the stairs, step by step. But I stuck the poker into each of his hands, then pried him off the steps. He tumbled to the very bottom of the stairwell with a loud thud. In my pocket was a handful of kibble just like in the episode where Amy had to face the hounds. I tossed it down at him and instinctually whistled. The hounds from Kristen's tales had reappeared as ghosts and clamped onto his limbs with their jaws and dragged him out of the stairwell, flailing about. 
I could hear the ravenous sounds of dogs tearing him to apart once again, even though it was mentioned off screen in the actual episode. I turned and ran through the moonlight window, but instead of crashing through it, I passed through it like a soft, warm, watery membrane. It was over. The dream was finally over, and the two dead farmers were dead for good. Needless to say, I don't watch Beavis and Butthead anymore, and I rarely, if ever, revisit this season one Are You Fair the Dark Tale. But I'll tell you one thing, I'll never stay up late watching TV again, and I'll think twice about entering my dad's tool shed on my own. You never know what kind of shows you watch in the dead of night that could affect your nightmares. Looks like I, I nearly avoided that one. I can't imagine what it'd be like if I got chainsawed to death by those guys, or worse, just ripped apart by various farm machinery. Oh boy, man. But uh, luckily, you know, I escaped into the woods away from that barn, so at least I can find my way home from here using the moonlight. Uh, needless to say, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to be watching Beavis and Butthead or Are Fair of the Dark, at least not for a couple of days until I get over this. But... That's all the time we have for today, Slimesters. If you have a scary 90s Nick or 90s nostalgia-related tale, feel free to email me at splyattack2021 at gmail.com, and we may turn it into a mini-sode for a future Nightmares as a Child uh, story. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us again for this riveting tale. I've been your host, Brett, and until next time, pleasant dreams. Oh. And uh, before the sharpen your saw too, before you use it, you might need it. Hello, Laura. I was wondering when you'd get around to your chores. I've come to feed the hounds. You should have fed while they were alive. I couldn't get back until now. Why didn't you feed the hounds? The fire run! There's a time to eat and a time to sleep. Oh, gotta be. Oh, yeah. This is love for a good message.